You know, sometimes life gets in the way of what's actually happening. I believe it was the philosopher Ferris Bueller who said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. It's true, you know, what Ferris said. And it is one of those things that I think affects all of us. We get in the middle of these huge news stories, these huge news cycles, and we sometimes miss massive things. Things that we should be all either celebrating or or be horrified by. Things that define an era. Things that people look back on later on and say, hey, remember when that happened? You know, uh, the, the just the most massive events at, at the time don't always seem so massive. You know, when something that you depend on collapses in horror, you know... You kind of, in the middle of a news cycle like this, you could lose something. And I think when, when these things happen, we need to focus on them a little bit and understand the historical context. I mean, if you can think about like, you know, we now look back at New Coke collapsing, right? They bring in New Coke. Oh my gosh, it's a horror show. Uh, then Classic Coke comes back. They finally call, start calling it Coke 2 for some reason, which was a really weird uh, moment. And then they get rid of it. Crystal Pepsi comes out, right? It's this big thing, millions of dollars of advertising, and then it's just gone. One day, tens of thousands of employees of Bennigan's went to work to serve people Monte Cristo sandwiches, and the doors were locked. And the company had gone bankrupt, and basically every Bennigan's closed unexpectedly from one day to the next. Just gone. Now, you might think not, Bennigan's might not be that big historically, but uh, it is responsible for much of my weight gain from back in those days. The Monte Cristo was a devastating sandwich. I mean, you get, you, you're, you've got ham, turkey, two types of cheese, the three pieces of bread. So you've got kind of a Big Mac setup. And then all of that you're taking and you're going to dip it in batter. Then you're going to pop that puppy into the deep fryer. Then it's going to come out of the deep fryer. You're going to sprinkle the top of it with powdered sugar. And then they're going to give you on the side because that's not enough. They're going to give you on the side a little bit of raspberry jam. To dunk that thing in. I mean, that was, like a, that was like a month of constant Thanksgivings in one meal. Somehow that place closed in America, which they must have been really crappy businessmen. I remember growing up, uh, and uh, I lived a very difficult life, uh, a difficult childhood in suburban Connecticut. And I remember, though, the one place of paradise down uh, the highway, which I thought was paradise. You know, now when I drive through it, it's, it's just East Haven, Connecticut. But in East Haven, Connecticut, they had right next to each other a Toys R Us and a place called Child World. Now, these were competing toy stores right next to each other. Toys R Us and Child World. And Child World was this really cool toy store and it had like a panda as its as its mascot and i assume with a name like child's world the the ceo was probably like jeffrey epstein i don't know who it was looking back at it's a strange thing but it was right next to toys r us and then one day it wasn't one day it was just toys r us and child world had closed it was a devastating moment of my childhood and then i passed that devastation of capitalism to my son and daughter this past year when every toys r us closed it was brutal historic and that's the way we need to look at the utter spectacular collapse of Beto O'Rourke 
I want to pay, think of how significant this is. This is not something you look back at and who is that guy? This is a cataclysmic destruction of one's own career in front of our very eyes. We've all been able to witness it, to soak it in over the past year. And I can tell you it's particularly tasty in Texas. Oh, it's delicious here in Texas. It's Monte Cristo at Bennigan's Delicious here in Texas. Beto O'Rourke, this candidate that, can you even remember the time he was surrounded by constant fawning media coverage? This was the golden child. This is the guy who, on the cover of, what was it, Vanity Fair, said, I was the chosen one. I was, I was, I was born for this. About himself. That Robert Francis O'Rourke, that Bob Frank O'Rourke, is now, has now just dropped to the levels where it's almost impossible to be embarrassed further. He launched into this campaign, people don't remember this, in second place behind only Biden who wasn't in the race yet. He was right there, 15%. Him and, uh, and Sanders were right there at the top. And now he might not even make the next debate. In fact, I don't think he's going to unless things change dramatically. And I, He's not been able to do that so far. He's shown no ability to be able to change his own fortunes. Theranos was a company that said they invented this blood testing, uh, this blood test that could detect all these dozens of diseases at the same time in one drop of blood. It was a massive development in medical technology. Huge people, statesmen, even General Mattis was on the board of this company. It was huge. Everybody believed they had this technology. It went to a $9 billion corporation. And then everyone said, oh, wait a minute. Can we see the technology in action? Because you haven't really showed us that it works yet. And whistleblowers inside the company said, yeah, this doesn't actually work. We're just sending the test out to another company. Bottom line is they're now bankrupt and there's charges all over the place. They never even had the ability to do these tests. A $9 billion company down the drain. I don't even think that approaches what has happened with the Beto O'Rourke campaign. This guy is flailing about so pathetically right now. And for some reason, he continues to campaign. Why does he do this to himself? Why does he do this to his family? Why does he do this to America? It's almost impossible to understand. It's almost as possible to understand as to why his name is Beto and not just Robert. We go in to some of the specifics and and the way he's handling this utter historic cataclysmic attack on his ability to win this campaign his campaign is i mean it is toast toast but he continues to try and with every increasing percent of desperation he becomes more and more entertaining it's still in for glenn on the glenn beck program It's Stu and for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. What could be more embarrassing than the utter collapse of the Beto O'Rourke campaign? Now, there are some things you could suggest, and I might be able to go with you on. Like, for example, uh, an adult uh, male, say 55 years old-ish, uh, going to a Lady Gaga concert in the middle of a big news cycle. That could be something. 
that maybe you'd say is more embarrassing than the collapse of Beto O'Rourke. Not saying Glenn Beck did that or is doing that right now. That's where he is. But he'll be back Monday. And please let him know you knew where he was. But Beto has done something in excess of just destroying his own career and his pathetic campaign. And that's what makes Beto so special. Robert Francis O'Rourke also has started to damage in a serious way the Democratic Party and their chances to get rid of Trump. Now, you might say, well, how could he do that other than winning and then being an easy uh, opponent for Trump? And that is, of course, the, be- the best way he could do it because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'd have any chance. This is a guy who's running a, a campaign based on his electability, and the only thing anyone knows him for is losing to Ted Cruz, who, I don't know if you remember, lost to Donald Trump. So this is not a good argument from Beto. However, I will say this. He is doing the Republican Party massive favors right now because in his flailing, in his, uh, in his desperation, in his moment of job-seeking for his MSNBC gig, he started to admit all the things that the Democrats want to do. And this is something the Democrats are very careful to avoid. Bernie Sanders sometimes does it. Elizabeth Warren sometimes does it. But, but Beto's going into weird territory. Territory you're not supposed to touch if you're a Democrat. For example, removing the tax deduction from churches if they don't, his words, support gay marriage. Now, how you would implement a policy like that is, is beyond me. Uh, what do you mean if they support it? Like, what does that mean? You know, I mean, is it, is it something where they had to give money? Is it something where they had, what if they had volunteers? What if they have people that go to the church who don't like it? What if the, the pastor says it's wrong and he says something and tries to quote the Bible and make that case? All of those people now can't get their tax deduction. But people who support your interpretation of faith, your interpretation of what's right, those people will not have to pay taxes. That is absolutely not how the country works. It's not how the Constitution works. It's not how the First Amendment works. It's not how anything works. It's not how none of this works that way. No one thinks it works that way. Beto knows it doesn't work that way. But he's saying it to try to win over the left-wing activists. He's taking, he's staking out that ridiculously left-wing position. The problem is, of course, everybody on stage, with possibly a couple of exceptions, almost everybody on stage, believes the same thing. They all want no tax deduction for those churches too, but they didn't want to tell you that. They wanted to target you like Obama targeted Chick-fil-A, like Obama targeted uh, the, the, the Catholic hospitals that didn't want to give abortions. They wanted to come up with a reasonable way. They didn't want to tell you it was about your support or non-support of gay marriage. They didn't want to tell you it was because you're pro-life. They wanted to figure out a way. No, no, no. It's about women's health care. It's about access to medication. They, he's, he's defusing all of their BS arguments. And now it's not just us as people who care about the Constitution that are upset about this. It is the other side. It's Democrats that are saying, whoa, 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 Beto. We know you're desperate, but don't screw us up. Don't screw us over. We know your plane is going to crash. Don't, ca- don't, don't crash it into our campaign locations. 
You know, when you're flying your plane and you realize it's going down, you aim for an empty field. You don't aim for the city. And that's what Beto O'Rourke seems to be doing. Then there's the gun confiscation plan, where he's going to, uh, damn right, we're going we're to get your AR-15s. This is something where, what does he get out of this? A t-shirt? A little bit of fundraising? He was very, very sure of himself. Thought this was a great gig. Did he get any boost in the polls? No. Because anyone who's smart enough to actually understand English is not going to believe it's a constitutional plan. It absolutely is not. Uh, But you're also, once again, admitting the thing that Democrats don't want you to admit. Even uh, the New York Times, uh, talking about this, had to admit that this was a policy that only very recently the Democrats would blame on NRA fear-mongering. Oh, no one's coming after your guns. Do we have that montage by any chance? Uh, This is from the other day. No one's coming after your guns. It's no big deal. It's not a big deal at all. No one's coming after your guns. That's that's Republican fear-mongering. You don't have to worry about that. They used to say this all the time. No one's going to come and take my gun. No one's going to take anyone's gun. Are you suggesting that the notion that uh, we are creating a plot to take everybody's guns away so that we can impose martial law. But there's certainly a lot of conspiracy. Yes, that is a conspiracy. They want to create the fear that the government is actually going to come after guns because that helps sell more guns and it has across the country. This is why the NRA puts up videos that try to scare Americans. They go to emotions. They go to fear. You know, uh, people want to take away your guns. Nobody wants to take away people's guns. There is no ban on guns. No one's banning the gun. No one's taking my shotguns. So uh, a lot of conservatives say, oh, these uh, libs, they want to get rid of all the guns. Please, please do not, you know, if some of you, you know, are watching certain television stations or listening to certain radio programs, please do not believe this notion that somehow I'm out to take everybody's guns away. And I'm not here to repeal the Second Amendment. I'm not here to take away your guns. Now, if you own an AR-15, keep it. Continue to use it responsibly. (laughs) Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. So to to gun owners This is amazing. That's Beto O'Rourke. You heard the last one. There's a bunch more clips here, but we don't have time to get to all of them. But that's Beto at the end. You hear him say, ah, if you've got an AR-15, just use it responsibly. Hell yes, we're taking your AR-15. This man's insane. And this is what separates him from all of the other failures here. He's a guy that actually had a chance. He, was, he had his 15%. He had his glowing media. And he's collapsed. And he's now not only collapsing himself, he's collapsing the Democrats as a whole. That's what separates him from Bennigan's and, uh, and Toys R Us and Theranos. All of these things. This guy's more like Enron. This is a guy, one of the biggest companies in the world. And now he's collapsing. And not only is he collapsing, he's taking down the economy with him. This is how bad this is. Beto O'Rourke, period, failure, period. I don't know if he wants to use it for his new campaign slogan, but he can. It's there if he wants it. Back in 60 seconds. So we're finishing up with... I mean, the Beto O'Rourke thing is amazing. But I want to talk, talk quickly about this whole interaction with Bill O'Reilly. We touched on this yesterday when Bill was on the show. Fascinating how these campaigns lie. I mean, it's fascinating what they think they can get away with. Beto O'Rourke comes out and he says he's, he's talked to someone 
uh, she works four jobs and she's living in her car and she is uh, she is uh, taking care of her uh, special needs child. You know, the typical politician uh, story, a really sad story, and this is why my policies, I only I can solve it, right? They all made fun of Trump for saying that, and then they all basically do it anyway. O'Reilly called him out on Twitter and said, Beto says he met a woman working four jobs and raising a special needs child. I don't believe him. Sorry. Now, of course, Beto, in his desperation, this is where he is, wants to make a big deal of it on the Twitters. And he gets, look, I will say, 55,000 retweets that I saw, at least. This was, if you read any story about this uh, particular interaction, the word dunk will be in it. It'll be, Beto O'Rourke dunks on Bill O'Reilly. This is what his response was. To, to Bill's tweet, this is her. Her name is Gina. Her daughter's name is Summer. The problem with our economy is she has to live in her car, while a disgraced TV host like you makes millions. Now, of course, Beto is worth millions of dollars. He already makes a lot of money. His wife's dad is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, at least tens of millions. The guy's set for life. And he's, of course, going after Bill's money because Bill's this evil rich guy. But beyond that, they, they actually went, I think it was CBS that actually looked into this. And they said, hey, you know, of course, uh, Bill is a, is a terrible person and he loses this interaction because that's how everybody reported it. But she is real and here are her, her jobs. And they listed not four, but five jobs. So first of all, I think Bill O'Reilly's already won the interaction. He said uh, he didn't believe her, uh, that she had four jobs, and she had five. So right there, he wins. But beyond that, what are the five jobs? The five jobs are as follows. One, she cleans her friend's house once a week. Now look, house cleaning is a legitimate job. She's cleaning one home, and it's a legitimate thing. But it's not a full-time job. It's like you think of someone working 120 hours or 140 hours because you're working four jobs, right? Number two, she, for one hour a day, takes care of her daughter. Now, that's parenting. I, I, I assume she probably takes care of her daughter the other hours of the day, too. But she apparently only gets paid for one hour of the day. But because of some benefit program, she gets paid for that care, which might be great. But I don't know if you can count it as a job. Then her other three jobs are DoorDash and two other DoorDash similar programs, like, I don't know, Grubhub and Uber Eats, let's say. You can't count that as three separate jobs. They're the same job, okay? But if you go, if you take an Uber, you almost definitely will have the person with an Uber and a Lyft at the same time. They're not working two jobs at the same time. It's just another ridiculous lie from a politician, but what else would you expect from a guy who named himself Beto? You're listening to Glenn. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He is in Las Vegas at a Lady Gaga concert. Normally I make up things to say for where he is when he's out. I didn't have to this time because he's in Las Vegas at a Lady Gaga concert. If you happen to be at the same Lady Gaga concert that Glenn is at, I ask you to not pay attention to the concert and instead turn your phone to Glenn and please record everything he does. Why? Because I really want to have on tape the moment where Glenn is staring deeply into Lady Gaga's eyes as he sings along that he also was born this way. I just want that moment. I think it would be worth everything that's happening in the country, 
all the strife around the world, if we could just have video of Glenn singing along to Born This Way at this concert, I think, I think it makes it all worth it. We have so much stuff we're not even going to get to today. We're going to miss out on the Rage Yoga class where uh, cursing and alcohol combines with yoga. We don't have time for that. The person who sued uh, Taco Bell over $2.18 uh, overcharge for Chalupa craving boxes. And I will say this. Um, we can throw this one out of court right away. You can't overcharge for Chalupas. Not possible. It, they're too good. Just something that we know. Or we have the UK reality show where uh, meat-loving families... This is unbelievable, actually. It's called Meet, Meet the Family. M-E-A-T, the family. And it is a, a show where contestants who eat meat get pets. Lamb, chicken, calf. You see where this is going? Pig. And they have to hang out with their pet. They adopt it like a pet, live with it for three weeks, and then either have to go vegetarian their entire rest of their life or eat their pet. I mean, I, I thought the United States had innovations, and look at what the UK is doing here. They're beating us. But instead, let's continue with our uh, lying politician theme. We covered Beto last hour and his monumental collapse, but I don't want to let this one slide uh, past us without recognizing that it occurred. Elizabeth Warren has had a great run in her campaign. She's gone from absolutely nowhere up to leading the pack now. You'd probably say, I mean, I would say she's co-frontrunner with, with Joe Biden. I, I would, you know, polls are still inconsistent as to who's ahead, but she has the momentum. If you want to say she's the frontrunner, I'm fine with that. Um, but I would say co-frontrunners is probably the right thing to say. And the reason she was at 0% back in the day, or 2%, was because of her disastrous handling over her DNA scandal. So every once in a while, people remember that this occurred. And you know who's really going to remember that it occurred? Uh, I don't necessarily want you to think about this, Democrats, because I don't want to warn you, but Donald Trump's not going to forget it. The media's forgetting it. Donald Trump's going to make it a very big issue. So what did uh, Elizabeth Warren try to do? I think it was the one-year anniversary of this moment, I think. She decided to delete the video and try to hide it from everyone. Sadly for her... The internet is forever. And it was, uh, it w- sadly for her, it was, uh, it was kept. And we have it. Sorry, uh, Lizzie, we have it. Here is a, here's a nice clip to just remind you who this person is that they're about to nominate for one of the two major parties. Here's Elizabeth Warren uh, talking about herself. She's calling a doctor, by the way. Hi, this is Elizabeth Warren. Is Dr. Bustamante in, please? <laughs> I love... There is something about Elizabeth Warren that I absolutely love, and it's her fake acting. Like, she's so inauthentic. You know, the whole thing with, like, oh, I guess I'll have me a beer. You remember that thing? She does that all the time. You have to watch uh, her campaign interactions, because she's always... One of the things she's decided, and it's very specific campaign um, tactic is she decided one of the reasons Hillary lost is the same criticism that was given to Jeb Bush, low energy. You know, she was an, she's uh, an, an older lady, and she came off as low energy. So, like, basically Elizabeth Warren is saying, well, I'm also an older woman. I'm also kind of a big liberal. I, I'm also, like, kind of robotic and not a great candidate. I need to do the opposite there and show, like, down three bang energy drinks— before every campaign stop. 
So she runs, I mean, literally, not physically, I'm not, this is not an analogy. She physically runs on stage to every event to show that she can run, to show that she's not, you know, falling over, to show, like, she's trying to show herself as more spry than Hillary Clinton. And she thinks that's going to solve her campaign issues. It's not. So here is now Elizabeth Warren. Listen to the fake. Hi, is Dr. Bustamante in? This is Elizabeth Warren. Listen to this again. I'm sorry. Hi, this is Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> is Dr. Bustamante in? Please? No, I, I got to stop again. I, just to walk you through what you, you're seeing visually here in this video. There are cameras in both locations. Dr. Bustamante knows who's calling, right? Like, it's no surprise that there's an Elizabeth Warren campaign camera behind you. And on the phone, shockingly, is Elizabeth Warren. And somehow they have great audio of not only the phone call, but also in the room, Dr. Bustamante talking. Now, Dr. Bustamante has some interesting information about Elizabeth Warren's uh, history as a Native American. And you're about to hear all the exciting details. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Carlos Bustamante, and I've advised companies in the direct to consumer space, including Ancestry.com, 23andMe, and Helix. There we go. In the Senator's genome, we did find five segments of Native American ancestry okay. with very high confidence. There we go. Where we believe the error rate is less than one in a thousand. Okay, let's stop. Now, what do we know about this story now? We know that Elizabeth Warren had one 1,024th Native American. But listen to the way they phrase it there when they're trying to sell it to you. They phrase it there as, hey, she had five segments of Native American in there. Five segments. What does five segments mean? No one knows what that means. Because they hadn't admitted yet that it was one 1,024th. This is before they've admitted this. So they're trying to actually sell you as if this is a real thing still. Listen. Now, the president likes to call my mom a liar. Ugh. What do the facts say? The facts suggest that you absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree. Okay, stop. In your pedigree. Look at the way they're... Wait, is she a cat? What is this? All right, give me more. We come from Oklahoma. When we these were born, brothers, they said, these are the parents, these are your grandparents, mm-hmm. these are your aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. Their word was always their bonds. They were honest. Well, that's what Bessie's been saying. I'm yes. not enrolled in a tribe, and only tribes determine tribal citizenship. I understand and respect that distinction, but my family history is my family history. Sure is. Who, Pocahontas? This isn't just about casual racism. War hoops and tomahawk chops. Native communities have faced discrimination, oh neglect, gosh. and violence She's for on generations. Side. And Trump can say whatever he wants about me. But mocking Native Americans mm-hmm. or any group in order to try to get at me, oh. that's not what America stands for. No, it doesn't. Some people have questioned my heritage and my family history. Yes, they have. Maybe they do it to insult me. Maybe. Maybe they do it to distract from the kinds of changes I'm fighting for. I'm sure that's And it. the kind of change I'm trying to bring to Washington. Oh, of course, that's it. Maybe they do it because they think politics is a blood sport. Yes, Lizzie. But my parents were real people. The love they shared, the struggles they endured, the family they built, hmm. the story they lived, oh. will always be etched on my Oh, heart. what a poem. And no one. And no one. Not even the President not even. of the United States Mm-mm. will ever 
take it away from me. He won't take it away from you, but when we delete it from Twitter, you might not know about it. <laughs> because you kind of took it away from us. Luckily, we happen to still have it. Amazing. Let me give you um, a couple more things here when we're talking about... Because that's science right there. That's deep science. I hope you know that. One 1,024th Native American. We should point out, by the way, Glenn Beck was, what, what 10 times as... as uh, wasn't he like half a percent or something? So, I mean, we're... You want to talk about a Native American, a real Native American. Only real Native Americans go to see Lady Gaga. Which, by the way, Indian name. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, this is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez giving us another lesson in science. Listen. This note, I speak to you not as an elected official no. or public figure. But I speak to you as a human being. A woman whose dreams of motherhood oh. now taste bittersweet. Because of what I know about our children's future. Oh my gosh. Global and that warming. our actions are responsible for bringing their most dire possibilities into focus. Okay, so this is, you could stop. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying she's afraid to be a mother because of global warming. Can you imagine living a life where you think, I might not be a mom or a dad because of a 0.9 degree temperature rise in, in, over the course of a century? They, they talk about people on the right being fear mongers. Um, I think you're seeing where the real fear mongers are. And by the way, I, I agree. She should really think about the motherhood thing and perhaps reconsider, you know, doing it. Because, I mean, it's not, not about global warming, but she should definitely reconsider it. By the way, Glenn Beck is 13 times more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. That's, that's, the, that's the stat you need to know. Jane Fonda is getting arrested today, as she's going to do every Friday, to protest the climate. Um, and that is interesting because, I mean, the standard thing you'd say about has-been celebrities is they can't get arrested. So we're going to test that one with Jane Fonda today. I'm interested in that one. Also, you have um, Al Sharpton. He's canceled his Both Sides vaccine event. Which is interesting because they usually try to apply this to the right. And, you know, we can go into all the details on this thing. But what they highlight is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The, they call him the notorious anti-vaccine proponent. And this was, he was going to be at the conference along with Curtis Cost, the president of the National a Action Network Scholars Committee, who in 1998 hosted another event in Harlem sponsored by Sharpton, providing a both-sides approach calling into question whether AIDS was caused by HIV. Which is this thing called as known as AIDS denialism, which is pretty much gone. Fun fact, though, once believed by the Foo Fighters. People don't remember that. I don't know why they would. But Sharpton's still doing this now. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is demeaned here as an anti-vaccine proponent. And look, I, you know, I've been clear on this. I, the science to me is very clear on the vaccine thing. But he's also a big global warming proponent that yells at us about consensus all the time. We had him on our show at CNN Headline News where he yelled at Glenn all the time in his very gravelly voice. And the media just doesn't cover things the right way. Let me give you one more thing before we go to break. If you are a parent and you are terrified that your 10-year-old is going to commit suicide because you're seeing reports all over the news, I want to give you a little bit of a, a, a reason to, to, to feel a little bit more relaxed this weekend. Stat came out from the federal government that... Children age 10 to 14, the suicide rate nearly tripled between 2007 and 2017. And, I mean, look, if, if this has happened to anybody's family, 
It is the most horrible thing. And any increase should be closely monitored. Absolutely. It's a terrifying thing. But to put it in perspective a little bit, nearly tripled in this context also means the suicide rate for children 10 to 14 increased from 0.001% to 0.002%. There is not a reason to freak out. They also measured it over the, uh, the historical low instead of a couple of years earlier where it was higher. Bottom line was the media is doing the job the exact way you'd think they'd do it. Terribly. It's Stu and for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, probably getting his voice warmed up for Lady Gaga and Born This Way. Send me the video if you see it. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, for all the craziness that's gone on this week, uh, there have been some uh, positive things. It's my anniversary today, by the way. So happy anniversary to my lovely wife. That's a positive. The Yankees are down 3-1, and I think we could all unite and say we want the Yankees to lose. Please edit this out, stations in New York. And on top of that, it's the, it's the week that something important finally happened. You know, Winston Churchill was saying for years and years and years, hey, you guys, uh, Hitler's pretty bad. And finally, the world came to the conclusion that, yes, Hitler was pretty bad. That happened this week for me with LeBron James. All I have been saying LeBron James is basically Hitler for how long? And no one's come along with me. And then finally, we can all unite and realize how awful LeBron James truly is. Sure, he builds kids, you know, schools and stuff, but let's just ignore that for the moment. Have a good weekend. You're listening to Glenn Beck.